Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppard. Hello, glad you could join us again today. This week, we're going to be looking at how Jesus builds the Ecclesia. Now, with the Ecclesia, we have found out that, uh, and actually in my own personal life, one day I decided to do uh, a study of the etymology of the word church. How, how did we get the word church? And I was under an assumption that our word church came from the Greek word ecclesia. And so when, you know, I, I just, I went online, typed in etymology of church. Well, much to my shock, I found out that the word church does not come from the word ecclesia. Matter of fact, it comes from an entirely different Greek word. An entirely different Greek word. And so at that point, I tried to find out what word we got from Ecclesia. What, what was the English equivalent? Well, I found out that Ecclesia was very similar to the word baptism. In other words, it is a transliteration in our language. In other words, it was it was not changed or developed, if you would. It was, um, it was just changed a little bit because of our culture, but it is basically still the same word that it was in Greek. And matter of fact, you can look up in virtually, well, any dictionary that I would know of, the word ecclesia. It is an English word now that comes directly from Greek. Now, with this, what that told me is, is that evidently the word church that we have, that there's a different meaning. There's a different meaning to uh, the whole concept of ecclesia and church. Now, with that, the, the Greek word that our English word church came from actually just means the Lord's house. And it is actually used in the New Testament a couple times. And, but that's the word that got developed into church. And then uh, with the concept, if you would, and, and I think some of this, I, I cannot say that this is 100% true, but we know that that kings and authority figures typically authorized Bible translation, such as the King James Bible. Now, uh, much of the King James was translated directly, but King James did also instruct the translators to follow uh, certain other previous translations as far as certain aspects. Now, with that, the word ecclesia, because then I just started, what did the word ecclesia mean when Jesus used it? 
Now, he actually probably spoke Aramaic, but when Matthew wrote it down, and it was, and we have the Greek, if you would, of that, when that word ecclesia was used there, what did it mean? Now, most of the time, we think that it's really just identifying a meeting to a large extent. The Greek word ecclesia is actually a compound word that means called out. In other words, it's talking about those who are called out. Now, some even say, well, it's called out once. And so at that point, very often, because of uh, uh, religious tradition, and if you would, uh, I did a little research, found out that the word, um, the, the meaning of church, it really uh, only started being used in relationship to uh, our meetings, our church meetings and so forth, um, probably around 13, 1400. Up until that point, they always used the word ecclesia. Now, what would prompt the change? Well, I haven't been able to find anything that clearly identifies what prompted that change. But the, the word ecclesia, when Jesus was walking the earth, the primary definition of this, and I would encourage you to go to any, um, any dictionary. You know, I've looked it up in a, a few different ones. Uh, the, the one I remember most clearly was the uh, Web, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary that, that talked about that the word ecclesia was the, the name of the legislative body of the Greek city-states. It was the name of the legislative body. Like in, in Virginia, we have in our state legislature, uh, we have the House of Delegates and we have the Senate. If, if you would, um, those are the terms for our legislative bodies at the state level. The word ecclesia was the name of the legislative bodies of the Greek city-states. Now, some of the smaller communities could also have their own, but they didn't have as much jurisdiction as the one that ruled the entire place. And they determined the laws, the, uh, the things that could be done, couldn't be done, the, the laws, the regulations, the codes, if you would, in a manner of speaking. They determined all of that. If you would, the ecclesia was what determined the culture. Now, here in Matthew 16, I want to read verses 17 and 18 because, again, today we're talking about how Jesus builds his ecclesia. But with that, we need to understand what an ecclesia is. That's why I've reviewed this uh, a little bit more at length today. It says in verse 17, this is after Jesus has asked them, who do you say I am? Jesus answered, and he said to him, talking about Peter, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now notice here that 
he says, you didn't get this revealed by flesh and blood. In other words, it wasn't just things you observed. Even the miracles, it wasn't the miracles that convinced Peter that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was a revelation. It was an understanding of truth that the Father had given to him. He said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Then he goes on, he says, and I also say to you that you're Peter. And on this rock, now the word Peter and the word rock are similar, but they're different. Peter means a small rock. On this rock is the, the massive, like the rock of Gibraltar type of rock. At this point, he says, on this rock. So we know he's not referring to Peter. He's not building the church on Peter. So what is this rock? Well, the one thing that Jesus had talked about there, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father. You see, the rock that Jesus is building his ecclesia on is the rock of revealed truth. It's the revelation where the Father reveals, He unfolds, He causes us to understand. Now at this point, I'm not talking about something weird and wacky separate from Scripture. I'm talking about where He illuminates His Word, His truth to us, and we come to understand it we come to know it and believe it. Now, Jesus says, on this rock, I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. Now, you see, the thing of it is, with this, the, the whole thing of salvation, obviously, is built on a person hearing the word, believing what God says about Jesus, and then putting their faith in Jesus, just like Peter announced, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. If you would, that is the entrance into the kingdom. That's where you become a part of the body of Christ. But it's not designed to conclude at that point. The, the ecclesia is built not just increased in number, but it grows in strength, it grows in power through the same process, through understanding truth revealed by the Holy Spirit, revealed by the Father. And you see, at this point, one of the things that one time, I, it was around the 4th of July, and I was listening to the Declaration of Independence being read. And I was, I was thinking about the different spots. And, and I knew that many of the founders, I'm probably 75 to 80% of the founders uh, of our nation, uh, were very strong Christians. Not all of them, but the overwhelming majority. And so the principles that were in that declaration, I was thinking about it. And especially when they got down to the part, you know, all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. 
and that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. At that point, I reacted internally and went, no, they're not. They're, they're not. Governments, historically, are not instituted to preserve rights. And even with the unalienable rights, I knew, since it was tied to the Creator, this was a faith statement. It was a statement of what they believed from the Bible. And I began to realize that evidently many of the founding fathers studied the Bible differently than I did because I started thinking, okay, I'm good. I could show how we're created equal. Some of these unalienable rights, though, I'm going to struggle with. I, 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 don't, I don't know how that fits. And then especially when they said that governments were instituted to secure these rights, I was like, I don't know where they got that. But I thought it must have been from the Bible. And, and then I began to study and I realized, yes, Genesis 9-6 is where God instituted the concept of civil government. And it was done for the protecting of rights. They weren't dealing with things from a historical standpoint. They were dealing with them from a biblical standpoint. You see, if you would, America was founded on the rock of revelation of Scripture. They studied and they understood. And as a matter of fact, if you go back, uh, one of the founding fathers said, the Declaration of Independence contained the truths that were preached in the American pulpits for the previous 15 years. They understood what God said about government. And that's what built our country. God bless you. See you tomorrow.